Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, I wish that younger women knew how to have those breast exams earlier and what type of screenings are available for them at a younger age. The mammography might not work, but breast ultrasounds do. And I wish that they would have known that. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I speak every day. And I talk to organizations because I have daughters, I have sisters. I would hate to have your first mammogram be the one where you find out that you have a breast cancer. That'd be awful, but it happens very often. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Lady, today we have a very special guest, okay? Her smile is contagious, her spirit is resilient, and her story is inspiring. To me, she is a real-life superhero, okay? Shantae Lowe is an American athlete who competes in the high jump, and she's a four-time Olympian. When Shantae first found a tiny lump in her breast, her doctor wrote it off, viewing her as too young and too fit to have cancer. She was later diagnosed with triple-negative breast cancer in 2019. Shantae has an inspiring story on training for the 2021 Olympics amid treatment and the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, she is passionate about educating others on the importance of getting screened and taking control of your health. Shantae, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You did have me over here smiling. (laughs) (laughs) You are so welcome. We are so inspired already, but we can't wait to tell our listeners more about you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And so we are going to start with our quote of the day. So our quote of the day is a song lyric from Destiny's Child. I'm a survivor. I'm going to make it. I will survive. 
keep on surviving. Now, I'm not a singer, so I won't. I saved us all from singing the lyrics. But <laughs> we, you know, as we were preparing to meet with you, Shante, we we were just so inspired. Those lyrics is what like just automatically popped into my spirit when I the more I read about you. And so. We're just going to jump right in. All right. I'm ready. Let's <laughs> jump yes, right in. <laughs> So, so Shante, tell us your origin story. How did you get to where you are right now in this moment? Yeah, it's it started all the way back when I was four years old and just being inspired. They always talk about representation matters. I'm watching the Olympics and I see Flojo and she's looks like me. She's a black woman. She's strong. She's gorgeous. And for anyone who doesn't know who Flojo is, is who Beyonce wanted to be for Halloween. So that'll tell you how bad she is right there. <laughs> and I'm watching this woman and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be like her. What's it going to take to be like her? And that's the day I learned the definition of perseverance and hard work. My mom said, look, girl, it's going to take perseverance and hard work. And she was right. It, it, there was a lot of turmoil. We faced homelessness, poverty. My mom battled domestic violence. And so we had to go through all of that to get to the point where I tried out for my first Olympic team my sophomore year in college, got married my, by my senior year, had a baby, tried out for my second Olympic team, you know, and so it's, it's just a beautiful story where it started at the age of four through representation. And now, you know, it's, some, it's a place I've been four times and it's, it's just, it's great to have had that so early. That's amazing. What what was the most, I guess, the most challenging part of that journey of you training? Because you, it sounds like you've been through so much in your journey to get to this point. What was the most challenging part? Yeah. So I hear a lot of people say that like the goat is the greatest of all time. But when I think of a goat, I think of it as somebody whose goals are obtained after trials and just getting to the point where people are always asking me, like, how are you so resilient? And it's because I have made the decision that no matter what, I'm going to anchor myself to the goal and I will not stop. I will take one small step towards it every day until I reach it. And that's what it really took to get to the point where I made my first Olympic team, get to the point where I'm going to the Olympics because I didn't like how I grew up. I didn't like that situation. And I anchored myself towards that goal to get me out of it. And that's how I was able to endure those heartaches and hard, those trials. Okay. I I was just like, still, I I was just caught up in your definition of goat. Like, oh, okay. I'm with it. I love it. And so when you think about some of the trials and like the, the tribulations that you've experienced throughout your journey, this last year, we're just going to go right at it, right? Like this last year, has been something incredible. Yeah. Can you share with our listeners what this last year has been like for you? Yeah, I think it even extends to the past two years where, you know, I got that breast cancer diagnosis. You know, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. So unfortunately, I brought my daughters and my, and my son to the appointment to get the, you know, get the results. I'm like, oh, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. And you know, it obviously didn't. It was it was the worst at that moment, the worst day in my life. But as I came home from that moment and I'm walking through my house, I just wanted to get 
into the darkest place of my house. I wanted to get go deeper in my despair. I don't know if that makes sense. And so I'm going through the garage. I go through the house. I go through the bathroom. I go into my closet and I'm balled up in there and I'm crying. And then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I've been through tough and difficult things before. And that despair only lasted about 10 minutes. And I got to the point where I stood up and I came, I had to make the decision. Am I going to fight or am I going to accept this? And so I was like, no, I'm going to fight. And I come out of the closet and emerging out of that closet, it was making a decision not to sit in my despair. And I think that each and every one of us goes through trials. And a lot of times we feel like we're alone or isolated or nobody could, you know, relate to what we're going through. And each and every one of us have been touched by cancer, breast cancer, or, or sickness. Everybody's been touched by COVID. We all have a story. And by sharing our stories, we find a way to get through it. So for me, it was a practice of my whole entire life deciding that I'm going to anchor myself to the goal and take it one step at a time is how I was able to fight it. When it came to breast cancer, it was the same thing. The goal was to live. And I anchored myself to that goal and decided to train through that cancer diagnosis for my fifth Olympic Games. And it carried me through the chemotherapy. It carried me through the double mastectomy. It carried me through the surgeries because I felt a burden to go through that walk for everyone else. And it pushed and it fueled me. And that is how I was able to do it, I guess. That is so inspiring. T, okay. I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but I had this random idea I want to share with you and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay. So you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, people find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about stuff like self-care and self-love? OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes. Yes. That is it. And, and, and we could even host a live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm so let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, visit newyearworkshop.com and join us for the vibrate higher empowerment workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's newyearworkshop.com. We can't, can't wait, wait to, to connect, connect with you. you. And I heard you say something on one of your interviews. You said something about how something along the lines of living for other people or to inspire or assist other people is what brings you joy. And that's part of your purpose. Can we go back to the diagnosis, though? Because I know that we've talked about on our podcast about how sometimes our doctors don't listen to black women. Right. And so how did you go from your doctor sort of kind of not really 
taking making it a big deal, you know, when you felt that that lump in your breast to wait a second, we need to either get a second opinion or something. What was that journey like of actually understanding and getting the diagnosis after that first initial appointment? Great question. I love this question because initially I was dismissed and I wasn't aware of the racial racial disparities at the time. I'm just thinking I have my insurance. I pay my premiums. They should listen to me and I should get the same care as everyone else. And so when I went to that doctor's office and, you know, he looked at me, it was like he felt comfortable doing things that I wouldn't consider professional from a doctor. One of the things he did when he came out is he said, you need to gain some weight. And he cupped his breast as though I could just purposely gain some weight in my breast. And he let me know the only reason we're seeing the lymph node is because you're so skinny. You're so fit. That's not. And. I remember walking out happy that at that time he said it wasn't breast cancer, but then at the same time, like, like what (laughs) was I just violated? You know, you know? And so after that, I'm leaving the doctor's office and I know as athletes or people, whenever we find out that something's wrong with us, we want a solution. He kind of told me, well, it's a lymph node. There was no exploration. Like, okay, well, is there an infection? Should we figure out you know, what's causing lymph node, let's monitor it and see if it shrinks. But what I was told is come back in six years. I would have missed six years of vital screening that would have detected or watched and monitored. Now, triple negative breast cancer is very aggressive. It predominantly impacts African-American women. And at the age of 34, if I would have waited till age 40, I more than likely would not have been here. And so something inside of me was feeling like this isn't right. Lymph nodes shrink. I have no infections. I don't have like a toothache. I'm not nurturing or anything. I tried all the homeopathic, you know, options for shrinking lymph nodes and I'm watching this thing grow. And so I was the one to push to get back in. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but when you go in and you're under 40, they will tell you, no, you could beg to pay for the mammogram. You could, if you don't have a history of breast cancer, which I didn't, or in my family, I I had no history of it. They will not give you this exam. So one of the things that you say is make a note in my file that you are refusing to give me this diagnostic test. And more than likely, they will give it to you because they don't want to be liable if you do turn out to have some issue and they refuse to test you for it. So that's a little tidbit I learned along the way. At the time, I had to say, oh, no, my mom and my sister had cancer. And that's that's the only way I was able to get it. But I got the second opinion from a different doctor. And immediately they're like, something's not wrong. If I didn't have the first screening to compare it to. They would have never even, I would have not gotten treated as quickly as I did. Wow. You know, it it just infuriates me the lengths that we have to go to and the cold words and language that we have to learn Mm -hmm. to get the treatment that we deserve, that we pay for. Yeah. And it's so infuriating. And it's real difficult because I, I very much, if you, if you, the more you research about my story, I value integrity. What I say is what I say. The truth is what I want to have come out of my mouth. I never, ever want to deceive or anything, but I knew that my life was in the balance and I had to adv- advocate for myself. I've since learned that there are other ways to do it, but I felt backed into a corner at that moment 
in order to get my test. And thank you for sharing that with us. I think oftentimes we as black women, we do have to get creative and figure out, okay, I know the goal is for me to get this test. What do I have to do to make sure that I can do this? Because our intuition is strong, right? And usually it leads us down the right path. And so it's so powerful that you listen to your intuition and didn't wait those six years, because like you said, who knows what could have happened, right? Absolutely. And so when we think about the statistics around Black women and cancer. Mm-hmm. What when we say early detection, what and and cancer screenings like and mammograms. I think most of us are familiar with the word mammogram, but like, what are what's some of the important terminology that we have to know so that when we that when we go into these doctor's appointments, we are empowered and equipped with the information. Yeah. So one of the The greatest things I think is that we start even further back. We understand that we're our own advocate and our first line of defense is going to be our self, our self exams. We we need to pay attention to our body. We need to know if patches of skin look differently. We need to know if there's lumps under the skin that weren't there before. If the texture of our muscular structure underneath our skin changes, we have to be the ones to notify that because the doctor is not going to come to your house and say, hey, what about that patch on your elbow? You know, that that's the first line of defense. The second line of defense is being able to, on a regular basis, going in for our screenings. And I think that, you know, during the COVID pandemic and, and all the different things that we have going on, in my case, I almost skipped my appointment. And it's because my boss needed me to work the front desk because somebody was on vacation and at, at my job. And I was like, I'm sorry, you guys are gonna have to figure it out. And I just left and they figured it out, but I almost skipped it because of my job. And, and I think that it's so important to not skip those things. And then, you know, you have to know what tests are available. When I first got thrust into this world of cancer, I started following different women on social media. Many of them were white women and they were talking about the different tests and exams that they had to know like cancer markers and, and BRCA this. And I was like, I've never even heard of these things. I didn't know you could take a blood test that could give you information about your cancer risks. And so that's why I'm so happy to be a part of this cancer screening week where we're, we're, we're talking about these things and giving these people the resources and giving our people these resources because we are not being told these things. One thing I also wanted to ask you about as well is you talked about the double mastectomy and Mm -hmm. I would love to know how you processed and prepared for that because I know that, I don't know if you all feel this as women, but I know for me, it feels like society puts so much pressure on us about our bodies, right? And I think that a lot of women also correlate our womanhood to our reproductive system and our breasts. And so when I see that, there's an immense amount of strength and courage that I see there. But I'd also like to talk about how you process that in general, because it, I would assume that it was challenging. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think like one of the first things that came to mind was that there was a sickness inside of me and I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible. And so, you know, a lot of times I, I, I was able to reconcile certain things. They were a little easier. I, I had already had my children. I had already nursed my children. And so I was able to have like the, the breast comforted them, you know, that that was that was a solace for me. Like they did their job for my babies. 
And then, you know, the second part of it was that I would be able to increase the likelihood of extending my life and potentially eradicating cancer in my body by cutting them off. And, and that, that was like, look, you betray me, you're going to get cut off. (laughs) And so, you know, I was able to separate myself from them, but then there were other issues where, you know, you have to have these decisions. Do you get to keep your nipples or do you not get to keep nipples? Do you, you know, it's, it's a very big part of intimacy. I've been married to my husband for 14 years at that point. And, and the breasts were a very large part of our intimacy. So now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose the feeling completely. You know, how are we going to manage? And, and that was a, definitely a huge fear for me, but I had an amazing partner who continued to tell me that I was beautiful and tell me that he loved me. And, and you know, it's fun. It's like being married for the first time again. You explore some things and figure some things out. So, <laughs> you know, for my married people out here. And, <laughs> you know, it was a new form of intimacy, but it was definitely a huge part that I talked to women about in private. Because when you have that part ripped from you, you feel like you're less than who you were. And you have to convince yourself and surround yourself with people around you to say, no, you made a huge sacrifice for the people that you love, for the goals for your life, and for the strength of other women who will see you and have to make that same sacrifice. And that's why I was able to do it. That made it easier. Wow. That's so beautiful to know that you had have an amazing partner who supports you and uplifts you and 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 he just got your back and that is yes. that is beautiful he does and so when you think about the things that you wish someone would have told you right going through this process what is one thing that you wish someone would have warned you about like ahead of time? Like, Shante, girl, you better look out for this thing. Mm-hmm. What's, that, what's that one thing that you wish they would have warned you about? I think looking back, and I am so fortunate and so grateful that I, you know, even, even catching it a year after the initial diagnosis, I wish that I would have got the second opinion the year before. I think given it three, four weeks after it didn't go away, the lymph node or shrink, I think I wish I would have went in quicker. And I, and you know, that would have been the difference of not having a double mastectomy versus having one. I wish that, I think my wish was for other women. When I sat there in that chair and I saw 23 year old women that were in there and I was like, I was six years away from 40. She's almost 20 years from 40. And she had a later stage breast cancer. I wish that younger women knew how to have those breast exams earlier and what type of screenings are available for them at a younger age. The mammography might not work, but breast ultrasounds do. And I wish that they would have known that. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I speak every day and I talk to organizations because I have daughters, I have sisters. I would hate to have your first mammogram be the one where you find out that you have a breast cancer. That'd be awful, but it happens very often. 
Man, Shantae, thank you so much for your transparency, because I think some of these conversations are, you know, people, we need people like you to talk about it on a larger scale so that people don't have to wait until they're in the midst of the journey to get the, I want to say the inside scoop or the behind the scenes on like what it's like. I do want to transition slightly and ask you about the life of an Olympian. Like, what does that even look like? I saw, it looks like you might have a a training situation in your backyard from just taking out your social media. What What does life even look like for someone that is constantly training for these incredible competitions? Yeah. So it changes. A lot of that is COVID related where, you know, my immune system was completely demolished by the cancer treatment that I needed. And it, it's, I'm, I'm not, re- I don't regret it. I just know that that was a, a, a fact. And so when you add a pandemic on top of that, it was really important for me to be very, very careful about my exposure to other people's germs and, and illnesses and sicknesses. So that came out of resiliency as well. I, I had to figure out a way to try to get back to that Olympic stage. And so I started with the little playground rubber tiles. I glued them together myself with ceramic tile glue. (laughs) And it was really important because I felt like if I could just get to the Olympic Games, I would be able to get the opportunities like this, like this amazing podcast or get in front of a microphone and, and tell women and share this story and give them the insight. And so it was a labor of love every single day. And and even in the garage, like I gotta stay, I gotta stay good because my husband's kind of sexy, so I gotta make sure that I keep myself right. <laughs> that's right, girl. <laughs> so yeah, so that's it. and we just want it to be a quality of life. I think that the exercise thing with me, he and I was already there, but we want our kids to see that this is what it takes to live a healthy life. And so now they're the ones using the garage. I'm like, okay, get out! Come on, it's my turn. It's mommy's turn now. I need to train. <laughs> I love that. And so, you know, talk to us about what what your day to day is like. Right. Because training has got to be a part of that. Right. Being overall fit and and healthy. So like mentally fit, physically fit. Right. Yeah. What does the the day to day life of an Olympian look like? (laughs) I think I'm a little bit different. I love seeing all these moms out here. I would say I'm one of the first. My daughter's 14. So I've been in this game as a mom for a while. And I learned early on that I would have to prioritize my day. Wake up as early as possible before anyone else wakes up. Because I think a lot of times we don't get that time to connect with ourselves. We don't get that time to look at ourselves, to slow down. And, and, and really, like, like I was talking about, pay attention to your body. You, I have to have that time. So I wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and that's me time. And I might go work out. I might do a devotional. I might sing quietly in the garage, like whatever I need to do, that's me time. But I prioritize my day and I don't necessarily have a, at one to two, I do this. At three to four, I do this. At five to six, what I have is a, These are all the tasks that I need to get done. The most important things are at the top of the list, because if I only get halfway through the list, I've gotten all of my important things done. And I start at 430 because it's important to me. But now the things that I need to do have changed. I eat. I'm a vegan. So I eat a vegan diet. I have to eat healthy food. I juice. So I have to take time to prepare and juice my foods. 
I want to make sure that my kids aren't eating trash. So I cook them a breakfast before they go to school because your healthy habits start at home. (laughs) And then once they're gone, then I get to go and train and, and I work out. I've gotten a lot better at knowing I do the hard stuff first. Like I don't waste time with all the, let me do this. No, like I go straight to the weights, straight to the heel runs, straight to the sprinting. And then I just, I, I work, I, I do this every single day. Now I speak to different groups and organizations. I'm a keynote speaker. I do fireside chats. So I, and I'm, I'm in my little office doing this. And then, then I wait till they come home and do it all again. <laughs> I love that. That's a great way to structure your day. And you've inspired me because I need to work out today. And I was like, oh, I'll just do it later. But I think I'll do it after we we finish our conversation. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that inspiration. Now, Chante, we have come to the point in the interview where it's time to shift up the energy a bit. Okay. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy. Yes. And ratchet, right? You can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. We (laughs) want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Oh my gosh, I'm scared. You got me a little scared. Okay, yes, I took on the challenge. (laughs) Yes, we got her down. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. My palms are sweating a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that you've agreed, Shante, we'll tell you what to expect. So we have three questions for you. We have three sentence completions. And then we want you to choose a number between one and three because we have three photos pulled up of you from your Instagram. And once you choose a photo, we want you to add more context and tell us a bit more about the photo. Something we wouldn't know just by looking at the photo. So we're going to go ahead and dive on in with our first question. And that question is... What's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? It was from an older lady who had been married for 60 years. And she said, do not go to bed angry. So if you and your and sometimes me and my husband have to stay up till 430 in the morning, but (laughs) do not go to bed angry. Yes, I love it. I love it. Yes, I love that. My my grandmother has said that, too. So, yes, yes. 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 Sage (laughs) advice. Now, four words for you. Twerk or two-step? Twerk. <laughs> I got three kids. You already know. <laughs> yes. Hey. Hey. Show them what the knees do, okay? Hey. <laughs> my husband calls me a pole dancer, but I'm a high jumper, so. Well, there we go. Yeah. Oh, all I right. We can sit. She said, you you know how I got them three kids. That's what Shantae said, okay? (laughs) Our next question for you, Shantae, is what's the sexiest item you own? Can you have a person? My husband, he's the sexiest item. I know, that's right. We've never had that. that. We'll take it. I know, that's right. Okay. (laughs) He owns me too, though, so it's mutual. Yes, mutual ownership, but yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shantae, our sentence completion. The first First sentence is one question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is. I wish people asked me about my favorite things more. Well, yeah, since you put it out there, <laughs> you know, Shantae, we're going to do like a quick round of Oprah's favorite things. and Instead, mm-hmm. instead it's going to be Shantae's favorite things. So okay. tell us your favorite things. Okay, my new favorite thing is the 
home preparation food by Purple Carrot. It's vegan food and it is so delicious that I don't go to restaurants anymore. Like it is, it makes restaurant food taste horrible and I can't cook and I make all the food myself and it's delicious. So that is my new favorite thing. What and is I'm not because I might be I might be having to make a switch. What is this? Purple carrot. Purple carrot. Yes. Okay. Tom Brady endorsed it. It's banging. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Adding that to my list. Thank you very much, yes. Shantae. Just dropping all the gems, giving us the cheat codes. The last yes. sentence completion we have for you, Shantae, is what I love most about myself is what I love most about myself is that I'm an open book. And I think that all of my stories are for the benefit of other people. And I am willing to share it. And we appreciate that. And we saw that today. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> now, we're going to move on to the last segment here, which is the the photo segment. Oh, so okay. if you can choose a number between one and three, we're going to show you a photo and you can give us more context. Okay, I'm going to choose three. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay, so Shantae, some folks are only listening to this interview, so please okay. describe the photo that you see and then tell us more about it. This is a good one. All right, so it's a picture of me going backwards over a bar. I'm actually at the Rio Olympic Games during the preview, and I love this photo because you could see like my quads are rippling. My hamstrings are hanging down the back. You've got the six pack on fleek. My natural hair is flowing off the side. And I love it because I completely murdered this round. I had the other girls looking shook. <laughs> and I knew what I came there to do. I understood the assignment. And then my husband, he's always looking like, why well, I always got pictures like that of you? But yeah. I love that picture. You understood the assignment. That's a badass yes, photo. Yes, you did. That is, <laughs> that is a bad listen. photo. I'm glad you chose that one. <laughs> yes, yes. That that I I'm I, I'm still having to soak that in for a second. Like that photo is like dope. Like oh, y'all, yes. you work out an extra time today, showing old pictures, bringing up old stuff. <laughs> Well, well, Shantae, we have thoroughly enjoyed our time with you today. I know we, you know, started off having to discuss a, a really serious, but very important and much needed discussion. But I just feel really inspired by having this time with you today. And I know that our listeners are also feeling just as inspired by you. And so for our listeners who want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yes. If you're if you're just wanting to have fun, I'm on Instagram. If you want some business connections, I'm on LinkedIn. And, I, you know, just don't forget that if you're one of the people that need the resources, we have cancerscreenweek.org, which will connect you with that information that we were talking about. Give you those resources. And please, whatever you do, go get screened. Don't let these barriers hold you back. Finances, insurance, whatever. Go to Cancer Screen Week. Get the help. Get the screening and do not put it off. But connect with me. I'm here, girl. I'm here for you. 
<laughs> and we will make sure to add Shantae's links in the show notes. You can just follow her on Instagram, Shantae Lowe, her name. And Shantae, again, we want to thank you so much for what you do, for your vibrant spirit, for your inspiration, and for understanding the assignment on all fronts. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Dr. Dominique. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D dot com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.